Welcome to How to Catholic with Kevin and Lisa Cotter, a podcast dedicated to helping you practically live your Catholic faith with excellence. Feminism. For many, fewer words bring up positive or negative stereotypes and emotions. Does feminism have anything to do with Catholicism? Would Jesus consider himself to be a feminist? Should all women be feminists? On the podcast today, I interview Claire Swinarski, host of the Catholic Feminist Podcast, who, spoiler alert, says yes, all women should be feminists, but perhaps not exactly the stereotypical kind you might be thinking of. Join us as Claire and I discuss five truths about feminism that every Catholic should consider. You won't want to miss it, so stay right here. And welcome to the How To Catholic Podcast. It's Lisa here today with another interview, this time with a fellow podcaster, Claire Swinarski. Did I say that right? You said it perfectly. Okay, that's an awesome last name. Claire Swinarski of the Catholic Feminist Podcast. Welcome to the show, Claire. Hi, thank you so much for having me. You bet. Claire, Claire's awesome. She is, well, there's many things we could say about Claire. First of all, she's a freelance writer, which is... I'm always impressed with. Yeah, I've written a book, but I still don't consider myself a writer. So the fact that you do it and you like it, that's awesome. You already are cooler to me. And as I said, she's the host of the Catholic Feminist Podcast. She's a former focus missionary. Always fun to have our focus missionaries, current and former, on the show. And she's a mama. One baby out of the oven and one in the oven. That is correct. Yeah. And I love this because you can't see this, but um, I can see Claire and she's sitting in a closet. Um, (laughs) Hashtag mom life. Tell us what's going on. Well, um, my son's going to be two in April. He decided that he doesn't need to take a nap anymore. And I disagree with that assessment. (laughs) So every time I put him down now for it's been going on for like a week, he just sits in there for an hour and a half, shakes his crib and just yells, no, mama, no, mama. And I just ignore him but my desk is right next to his room so I work from my closet a lot (laughs) I totally get it that's so hard especially when you know they need a nap and sometimes I found so we my youngest actually had a phase where she stopped napping but we made her continue to take a rest time and then she eventually went back into napping so that's what the pediatrician said is going to happen she's like no no like just put him in there this is temporary he'll stop doing this so just gonna keep putting him in the crib (laughs) praying for that sleep. He can do it. Yeah. He can do it. That's so great. Well, Claire is on the show today. I'm very excited to talk about a topic that I'm going to be completely honest. I am a little bit um, like, uh, it's hard to talk about. Like, I'm right. so impressed that you do a whole podcast on it because it's so important and we need to be talking about what it's like, uh, what our role, all those things about womanhood, femininity, all of that needs to be talked about, but it can be a really sticky, tricky subject and um, sometimes can be misinterpreted or it can be taken to one extreme or the other. And so I love the fact that you're working to get that that right balance, that right um, lens and view of looking at femininity, feminism. Um, so our topic today is how to feminist. That's where we're going with. That's what we landed on, right? Yes. Sounds awesome. Perfect. Okay. So before we dive into that, because I'm going to forget if I don't say it now. 
on the how on the how to Catholic podcast, we try to do a Q and A mid season episode for our listeners, and that is coming up. Last season we did it on episode ten. This season we're going to be doing it for episode eleven. So if you have questions, we're giving you uh, two weeks here to put in your questions. Um, please send them to hello at madetomagnify.com. You can also tweet them to us, put them on Instagram with a picture, which who knows? Why not? Go ahead if you love Instagram. We would love to get questions. Last time we did this, we had some awesome questions, really fun episode answering your listener questions. So please send them our way so we can have a show because if we don't get questions, it will be very awkward and Kevin and I will have to stare at each other for a half hour, which would not be an actual episode. So Please send us hello at madetomagnify.com. Any of your listener questions about anything that we've talked about on the podcast, anything we haven't talked about on the podcast, here's your chance. We would love to hear from you. Okay, done with that. Moving on. How to feminist. Claire has put together for us five truths about feminism. Is that is that the right way that to say it? That is right. Okay. Yeah, that is how I would word it. <laughs> okay, perfect. Five truths about feminism. Let's just dive into the first one here. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. First truth. You can be Catholic and a feminist. Yeah. Tell me someone, about that. Someone somewhere is hearing this and sitting there going, no. <laughs> like, this girl's <laughs> wrong. She's not know what we're talking about. But to really dive into this truth, you have to understand what feminism is. And I mean, like, what it actually is. Not what Twitter says it is. Not what Hollywood says it is. Not what your grandpa says it is, but what it actually is. And what feminism is, is a belief in the equality of dignity and worth of men and women. So that just means that men and women have equal dignity and equal worth. The Catholic Church believes that. Ergo, if you're Catholic, you can very easily be a feminist. I think that the reason that a lot of people think you can't be is that they listen to other sources about what feminism is. But just because someone loudly says on TV what it is, that doesn't mean that's what it actually is, right? I forget. There's some really great quote by somebody that I'm going to butcher, but you probably know about how no one hates the Catholic Church, but a lot of people hate what they think it is. Uh Um, And I think that that would be feminism too. A lot of people who are Catholic think that, oh, well, obviously feminist means being pro-choice. Obviously, feminist means hating stay-at-home moms, when really, feminism doesn't believe any of those things. That's just what some feminists think feminism is, but it's not true. Very good. Yes, I think that's a really important clarification, because, yeah, when you think of a feminist, you do think of, you know, some woman, like, um, holding up a very angry sign and yelling, and... (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, and too, I think about, you know, the original feminist, quote unquote, a lot of times, you know, those were the women who were fighting for women's suffrage, you know, suffrage, Mm -hmm. the suffragettes, like working to give women the opportunity and the right to vote. And when you look at those women, you would, you kind of put in your mind, like, yeah, those were women, you know, holding up signs that were yelling. But when you see pictures of them, really, like they were in long, beautiful dresses and they were very like feminine and (laughs) they just were like saying like, hey, we need a right to vote as well. And the way they did it wasn't in this, um, like, in your face, uh, I don't know how to quite say it, way. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. They weren't 
they weren't necessarily going up in your face and screaming and they weren't trying to make you feel like an idiot if you disagreed with something they said. Actually, a lot of them were pro-life, which is pretty interesting. Um, But that's kind of that first wave that happened way back in the early 1900s. And a lot of times those women aren't even thought about. When we think of feminism today, the average person might think of like Cecile Richards, the CEO of Planned Parenthood. Why don't know why they get to own the narrative and why they get to say we're the one true feminist like Margaret Sanger um, and forget Mm. these women who, you know, had views that they might not agree with today, but they were kind Mm. of the the OG feminists. Right. Yeah. They were fighting for women's rights um, in the sense of like basic human dignity rights. And so, yeah. So obviously, like also, we don't see like, um, is it Cecil or Cecil? I don't know how to pronounce it. Richards. I always say Cecile, but Cecile. I, that oh, could be wrong. Okay. I don't want to mess. Now I'm like, oh, maybe I've been messing up her name for like years. Miss <laughs> Richards. Um, we Ms. don't ever Richards. see her like, you know, holding up sides and yelling either. So, I mean, there's just, obviously we have stereotypes and, and that's what comes out. Um, but baseline feminism really is, is not necessarily uh, one side or the other of the party line, which we don't even need to get into, but it's really about fighting for women's rights, like in the sense of... Um, uh, help me out here in the sense I forgot your I like, definition. Yeah, I like to think of it as equal dignity. There we um, go. That's what I was yeah. trying to find. <laughs> so that's where things like equal pay come into play and like safety for women and those kind of arguments. Um, like the equality of dignity and worth. Not that they're the exact same, not that there's no difference between men and women, but that they have equal value, which we as Catholics believe that everyone has equal value in the eyes of God. So then that's why I say, well, if you're Catholic, then of course you're a feminist. You might not know it, but you are. (laughs) Perfect. Okay. Thank you for saving that. I'm telling you, I get nervous about this topic because I'm like, I'm going to say it wrong. And then people are going to be like, well, Lisa Cotter believes this and she's that. And like, No, the other thing about this topic is that you just have to have a lot of grace and just understand that most people are just trying to do the best they can. And like, I try not to go into conversations and just assume someone has horrible intentions. Like if someone says something I don't agree with, I try not to jump right to, oh, they're an idiot. It's probably not the best place to jump. Yes. Okay, good. And this is why everyone needs to listen to your podcast and not me on this particular um, (laughs) topic in this, in this way. So Okay. Awesome. Okay. So I think we've established it. You can be Catholic and a feminist. Truth number one. Okay. Truth number two. I love this. Jesus was a feminist. How is that possible? There were no feminists, quote unquote, when Jesus was around. Talk to me, Greg. Another one where people are saying, no, he wasn't. But again, if you go back, this is why the first truth had to be the first one, because you can constantly refer to that actual definition. And when you look at that definition, Jesus, of course, saw women and men as equal in dignity. Um, And I think a lot of people talk about Jesus, but if you want to know who Jesus is, it's really easy. We have the Gospels, right? We have his life story right there. It's the best place to go to really learn about Jesus. And so if you look at particular stories in there, you see that he was constantly breaking the mold of men and women. So for instance, one of my all-time favorite Bible study Bible stories, Martha's running around cleaning, right? Mm-hmm, Poor Martha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mary, Mary's sitting there learning from Jesus. And he's like, Martha, Martha, Mary's doing the better thing, etc. And I think a lot of times what we take from that is, oh, you shouldn't be so stressed with the things of life. You should pay attention to Jesus. But another really important part of that story is that Mary was sitting on the ground learning from a man. That is a big deal that did not happen mm. back then. Like women were not learning religious lessons from men like that. Uh Um, So that's a very cool aspect. Then also just think about who 
the Lord chose to find the empty tomb. He chose a woman. He chose Mary Magdalene. Um, and I just think that's amazing. Like he could have chosen anybody. He mm-hmm. could have chosen someone with a ton of power. He could have chosen this big manly man, but instead he chose Mary Magdalene. And we don't necessarily know why, but he saw a woman as capable of handling like I mean, gosh, one of the most important moments in the entire world. <laughs> yeah, that's what, yeah. Uh, so I love that. And then, you know, there's just, just all throughout the Gospels, he's talking to women. He's talking to the woman at the well. That was weird. People were yes. like, why are you talking to her? Yeah, that was, that's one of my favorites. I love, um, the, the Eastern Church calls her St. Flotina, um, and I, I love her to- She's amazing. Um, that's one of my favorites too, because like you see her, then like she's the one who goes, and she's like one of the first evangelists. Like she goes and yeah. tells everybody, um, and Jesus, he didn't care. Like he was totally breaking social norms talking to this woman at a well and a Samaritan woman at that. Like yeah, again, another social like faux pas. Like no, you don't talk to the Samaritans. Right. And she's just like I'm gonna break them both at the same time. Watch me. Yeah. And the other thing I love about her is that when she doesn't understand what Jesus is saying, she doesn't just go, okay, like crazy man here. And like just run away being like, that guy was a nut. But she actually like stops and asks questions and like wrestles with what he's saying and tries to comprehend. And I think so often today, if we hear something we think is wrong or crazy, we're just kind of like, okay, like they're the lunatics over there that think that instead of actually stopping and trying to find out what the truth is not just what we've thought is the truth but like really what is the truth like let's find it let's explore it together I mean if you constantly are trying to explore the truth it's going to lead you back to Jesus so you should never be afraid of diving into topics or trying to find truth it's always going to lead you back to God and so I think that was she's a real feminist in the Bible too I think yeah she's she's amazing that's so great okay so Truth number one, you can be Catholic and a feminist. And truth number two, Jesus was a feminist. Thank you for clarifying that for us. That was fantastic. All right, it's time for our mid-show break here for our saint quote to live by. And I asked Claire to give me one of her favorite quotes, and she's going to read it to us now. (laughs) Yes, I am. It's from uh, Edith Stein, and it is, The world doesn't need what women have. It needs what women are. Oh, I love that one. I love it so much. <laughs> so tell me, tell me, what do you love about that, that say quote? I think that we in our like culture today are so afraid of saying that women have something special and different. We just like, we think it automatically makes us lower, which is actually very anti-feminist, right? To be like, right. women aren't special. There's nothing special about us. And I think that the truth is women do have something really special within them, right? We have this relational sense, this um, nurturing motherhood. Even if you're not a biological mother, we still have that nurturing motherhood in us. And the world just needs that so bad right now. I think like it's easy to turn on the news and just be so overwhelmed by how like awful everything is. Yeah. Um, and the I just think so much what the world needs is womanhood. It needs women to speak up and to be on that relational level and to be caring about the children of the world. And um, I think that often we kind of paint it into what women have, like, oh, well, this many women are getting Ivy League degrees or this many women are off doing this. But those like kind of worldly accomplishments, while great, just aren't nearly as important as like what we truly are 
Does that make sense? <laughs> it does. Yeah. I love that. And yeah, you're totally describing too, like JP2's feminine genius. Like mm. the world needs our genius. And JP2 himself would say that. He, you know, he would say like women, um, you know, not as eloquently. Well, he, he was very eloquent. Um, Edith <laughs> yeah, Stein puts it very eloquently right here. <laughs> but he does, he, you know, that's basically what he's saying is he's saying to women in so many of his documents that he wrote to women, like, listen, we need you. Like we need you. And, and the gifts and the genius that you have. And he talked about how when we live that well as women, it makes the world more human. Yeah. And our world could stand to be more human at a time like this. Right. We're super Polish. So we love, I, my last name is Swinarski. Oh, yes. <laughs> we love JP2. His um, letter on the dignity and vocation of women is like my all time favorite document ever. I just want to make it like required reading for every human being That's on the right. planet. <laughs> yes. Is that Mulier's Dignitatum? Yes. The, yeah. fancy, the fancy Latin way of saying it. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I break it down English. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. That's totally great. You're, yes. That is a fantastic document. Great. Well, thanks for sharing your saint quotes to live by. Such a good one by Edith Stein. St. Edith Stein, also known as St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross, because, you know, she's got two cool names. Yeah. Very good. Okay, so um, what we're going to do right now, we've never done on the show before, but I have a little um, recording for you that we're going to slide into mid-show here. A little message from my dear friend, Leah Darrow. So we're going to throw that up right now, and then we'll come right back to the show. This is Leah. And this is Lisa. And a year ago, we had a quick convo about starting a young adult women's conference. And a year later, right now, that dream is coming true. Welcome to the Lux Conference. Yay! I'm so pumped and so excited about this. In case you're wondering, Lux is Latin for light. Because when you're Catholic and you turn something into Latin, it just sounds way cooler. And it is a conference for young adult women. We're looking at women around the ages of 18 to 40, women who are single, newlyweds, young moms. It's for all of you. And our aim with this conference is to help you to discover who you were made to be. Absolutely, Lisa. So we are wanting to equip women to discover their unique contribution to the world, experience the beauty of solidarity and sisterhood, and embrace the light of Christ in themselves and others. So we are seeking to create this unstoppable momentum of faithful Catholic women who know their worth and their purpose and refuse to let anything get in the way of God's will for them. Uh, because we, because we, we don't hope in good feelings or snarky memes. Our hope is in the light of Christ and his light in us. So this conference is going to be taking place on Saturday, April 7th, coming up, can hardly believe it, at Light of the World Catholic Church in Littleton, Colorado, which is basically Denver. I know. It's going to be so awesome. So come to Denver. It's going to be great. Saturday, April 7th, we have a super phenomenal, amazing guest that's going to be coming to the conference. Obviously, you're going to have Lisa Cotter. You're going to have me, Leah Darrow. But we're also having music and worship led by Sarah Kroger. Yes. Yes, people. I know. There should be a stadium of people cheering right now just when I say her name. Sarah Kroger is going to be leading us in worship the entire day. She's phenomenal. You're going to love her. It's going to be a great event. So tickets are already on sale. Pre-sale price. Get them now before the price goes up. They're $49. And on Valentine's Day, because that's an easy day to remember, they are going to increase. So if you're interested and excited to come, now's the time to get yourself a ticket. And not only can you get a ticket for Friday night, we're, sorry, Saturday, also on Friday night, we're going to have an exclusive, exclusive girls' night with Leah and Lisa. Just a little girls' night out. We're going to have food, do some question and answer. 
we're going to cap this event so we can get some good one-on-one time together. Absolutely. So there's only so many tickets available for Friday night. So you want to get that ticket uh, very soon if you are interested in going. And then obviously you can grab your ticket for Saturday for the day of the conference. You can do all of that at luxconference.com. So Lux is just L-U-X, conference.com. You can register there. You can get the information there. Everything you need to know is right there at luxconference.com. We are incredibly honored and blessed to be able to present this conference to you. We are excited to be with you and and to really do what the conference is made to do is to help you discover who you are made to be. So please bring a friend and join us. The entire point of this conference is is to help instill that solidarity and sisterhood, help us uh, you know reawaken our unique contribution to the world. So it's really important for you to 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 bring someone if you can. So if you have a friend, bring your friend um, with you. If if you're like, you know what, Leah, I don't have any friends. No big deal, sister. I've been there before, and I want you to come to this conference so that you can meet other women who have the same worldview, who have the same goals and values, and who can help walk with you in your journey because it's all about discipleship. So we are so excited to bring the Lux Conference to you and help you discover who you are made to be. All right, so I'm here with Claire Swinarski of the Catholic Feminist Podcast, and we are going through five truths about feminism. Feminism. There's so many ways to say that one word. That's why I should just write that down so I don't forget. Okay, so number one was you can be Catholic and a feminist. Number two, Jesus was a feminist. And number three, our third truth is being pro-life is a feminist position. Tell me about that. This is probably the big issue, right, that separates secular feminists and Catholic feminists. This is why a lot of Catholics don't think you can be feminists. But the more I've learned about pro-life issues, the more I see blatantly how um, our pro-choice culture negatively impacts women. And as Catholics, we know that, right? We see these, these negative effects of abortion on family life, on the culture. But my eyes were super opened um, when I had Abby Johnson on the podcast. I'm sure a ton of your listeners are really familiar with her. Oh, um, I know. She's a hero. <laughs> I know. I'm obsessed with her. So she used to be a Planned Parenthood clinic manager for the like two people who don't know who she is. Uh, <laughs> and she came on our podcast and was talking to me about how when women would come into Planned Parenthood and say they need to get an abortion and Planned Parenthood would ask why and they would say things like, oh, well, um, I don't have enough money to raise a baby. And what Planned Parenthood would say is, you're right, you don't. Or they would be like, you know, I'm not, I just don't think I'm strong enough to be a mom right now. And Planned Parenthood would say, yeah, you're not. Like mm, That's it was empowering like, women right there. Right, exactly. <laughs> you can't how, do it. How choice providing, right? Um, Like, the, the constant message from the pro-choice side is that women can't handle being a mother or that mothers can't flourish in society. I'm a mom. I own two businesses. I think moms can do all kinds of crazy stuff, um, but our culture constantly says that they can't. Mm-hmm. And when you stop and break that down, you see that being pro-life and empowering women is actually the most feminist position there is. I mean, even things like how Planned Parenthood um, doesn't believe in restricting gender-based abortion. So they think you should be able to get an abortion just because you don't want a certain gender. Well, newsflash, in most parts of the world, that would be because you don't want a girl. There's not a lot of, like, baby boys being killed. Um, Like, Planned Parenthood thinks you should be able to die because you're a girl. Like, why would we ever consider that feminist? It's just not. Um, 
And last weekend was the anniversary of Roe vs. Wade and the March for Life. And so I know that these things were in the news a lot. And this is like a really hot topic issue for a lot of our listeners. So just in case your listeners are interested too, the Catholic Feminist made a quick guide on five pro-life answers to pro-choice questions. And you can pick that up. Yeah, you can pick that up at the catholicfeministpodcast.com slash pro-life. And it just kind of breaks down some feminist answers to those really common pro-choice questions like, um, you know, what about in cases of rape and things like that? Because those can get sticky. And I think as pro-life people, we have to take an Abby Johnson position of love and compassion and speaking to people like they're people. Like Abby Johnson is not a sign screamer, as we like to call them. No. Um, she's like very, very loving. She really understands that like 99% of people who work at Planned Parenthood honestly believe that they are doing something really good. Um, right. And that just makes it so much easier to to work with them and talk with them. <laughs> Thank you so much for that resource. That's amazing. We will definitely have a link to that in the show notes so you can find it easily. Um, show notes are at madetomagnify.com. So check that out there. Thank you so much for doing that. Yeah, Abby Johnson's amazing. And I know with the March for Life, it's always um, a hot topic right now. And so I think this is a perfect time to, to be discussing it as well. Um, and I'm just, I'm just so proud of our Catholic Church for continuing mm-hmm. to fight for that when so many other um, others have kind of lost hope in it, you know. But yeah. there's no reason to do that. There's no reason to do that. We need to continue to fight. We need to continue to hope and yeah. fight for life. So thank you for I've being been a part really- of that. Yeah, I've been really empowered, too, by the changing narrative. I've been seeing Catholic women really speak in love, I guess, the way I want to word it, like being really compassionate. I really don't see a lot of sign screamer Catholics. I honestly don't. Most of the ones I see are people who truly want women to know and understand their bodies and um, flourish. So I've been empowered by that. (laughs) Yeah. And have you have you been to the march before? I have never been to like the DC one. I went to the Midwest one in Missouri a couple of years ago, but okay, I yeah, DC. Yeah, I didn't go this year, but I've been to the march in the past, and it's it's just it's a phenomenal. You don't see it on TV, but you know it's a ton of youth, and everybody's just joyful, and and there's no anger that you know it's it it's it's not. Um, it's not a screaming fest at all, and you really don't see protesters. The, when I was there, I didn't see a single one. And we were wow. towards the tail end, so maybe they left because they were like, this is taking forever, and we don't want to keep waiting here. But <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see a single counter-protester um, when I went to the march, and it was, it was a very peaceful, very um, hope-filled event when I went. Mm. So there you have it. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Time for our fourth truth. Our fourth truth is we can show – well, sorry. Must start over. Our fourth truth is we can and should love and work alongside secular feminists. Yes. This really ties in with what I was just talking about with Abby Johnson. Um, I think that a lot of times we are afraid of ever saying that secular feminists are doing anything good. Um, like, for instance, at the gold, recent Golden Globes, a lot of the Hollywood actresses wore black to protest rape culture and sexual harassment. And I had kind of conflicted feelings even because I'm like, oh, a lot of these women think things that like I really don't think are feminist. But at the same time, you know, shouldn't we speak out against sexual harassment as Catholics, especially we obviously should be very against sexual harassment. Right, right. Um, Should we? Yes. Yes, we should. Yeah, (laughs) right. Check. But I see I saw a lot of people, you know, feeling frustrated, like, well, I don't want to support this. But then I was thinking, you know, 
like we should find what we can agree on and agree on it hard. Um, mm. We should congratulate women for finding these truthful nuggets, even though other things they think might not be truthful. Because if we just write secular feminists off, like they're dead to us, we can't work with them. They have nothing valuable to bring to the table. I'm just not sure where we go from here. I'm not sure how we're ever going to solve anything and as Catholics, we have to remember, hello, we're always supposed to be trying to get people to heaven. We're always supposed to be introducing people to Jesus. Well, if we won't even talk to them or bare minimum acknowledge their humanity and see them as souls, then I'm not sure how we're ever going to do that. Um, right. And so like Abby Johnson says, you know, you have to remember that most of these women are good and think that they are doing something so good. Of course, there's people who aren't um, and there's people who manipulate systems and people who purposely spread lies to make money, et cetera. But most women think that they're doing good for women. And so I think we have to find those things. We agree on them, agree on them hard and make relationships with these women so that hopefully we can help be a door for them to meet Jesus. Because that always, has, as Catholics, right, that always has to be at the forefront of our mind. That's the focused missionary in me being like, we got to yeah. evangelize. we got to get everyone to heaven. But it's so true. Like, yeah, no. how would you evangelize someone that you see as like a demon, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> That's not going to motivate you probably. Yeah. No. Amen to all of that. I think you are absolutely right. We've got to be willing to build those bridges and build some relationships and build some credibility. And nobody's going to want to listen to you if you haven't earned their trust and if they don't understand uh, that you respect them and you might not agree with them, but that level of respect, like that's the first step. And I'm sure for Abby, there were people in her life who didn't just write her off, you know, and say, right. well, she's too far. I can't even reach her. But I'm sure there are people who spoke into her life with love and, but began by having a, like a relationship with her and talking on common ground. So that is so important. So important. Great truth. All right. It's time for the last one. Our fifth truth on feminism here. All women should celebrate their femininity, which does not have to look like homeschooling and high heels. You are so funny. I love it. <laughs> Let me clarify. If you homeschool your kids, you're a warrior. Power to you. Yes. My... And I, I homeschooled for several, several, several years. Great. It was a year and a half ago that we um, found an amazing fit for our family that we'd always been looking for. So, yes, I understand yeah. what you're saying. You're just saying it yeah. doesn't have to look like this, right. not that it can't look like this. Right. I mean, my kid doesn't even go to the bathroom on a toilet yet, so that's not really an issue. <laughs> homeschooling is not something I have thought much about. But if you love homeschooling, great. If you love high heels, great. I'm 6'2", so you're probably not going to find me in high heels. But, Are you um, really 6'2"? Yeah. Oh, no I'm way. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the Sonarskis are large and in charge. Um, <laughs> but so what I just mean by this is that femininity can look a lot of different ways. And we should never get caught up in that, quote unquote, perfect Catholic women ideal. This is something that I have struggled with for years because I'm not super girly, quote unquote. I hate that word in some ways. Like, yep. I am not Miss Fashionista. I wear a lot like athleisure is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I wear a lot of <laughs> basketball shorts. Um, I, you know, I love football. I love hot sauce. I have some kind of masculine traits. And then my yeah, husband, stereotypical. <laughs> right. Yeah. My husband, you know, like cries at every movie, like couldn't name three Green Bay Packers players. Um, we definitely don't fall into those stereotypes. But I am still a woman and he's still a man. And in our culture, which is constantly questioning what gender means, 
it's even more important not to have those stereotypes because as soon as we start pushing people into those stereotypes, the culture is going to push back and say, well, what if you don't want to wear high heels? Oh, so does that mean you're not a woman? No, not at all. And that sounds really trivial, but it is easy to start to feel like that when you're surrounded by women who kind of do fit into that boxer. Even like I've had real conversations with people talking about like, how women should have to wear a dress to church. Like, it sounds trivial, but that's just not true. <laughs> um, like, you can dress nice for church. You go for it. But it doesn't have to look a certain way. Do you know what I mean? It's, they do, yeah. Femininity does not have to do with this window dressing. It has to do with who we are. Like Edith Stein said, it's that nurturing, that relational sense. That can look a lot of different ways. And it yeah. doesn't necessarily look like that typical box. Yeah, and I think all we have to do is look to the saints to see the example of that. Like, right, they're exactly. so diverse. And, you know, yes, we have Therese, the little flower, who seems a little more meek and mild. And, you know, but then we also have, you know, we have Joan of Arc, the warrior, who right. wasn't afraid to go into battle and fight for her country when God called her to it. And and right. we have Gianna, the doctor, who worked and who kept up her practice um, and had her babies at the same time. And we have Edith Stein, who was a PhD professor at a university teaching philosophy philosophy like how outside the box was that for her at her time living you know in during uh was like 1940s like right with the nazi occupation so we have to remember like yeah the, even in the church when we look to our saints we see this wide range of living out our feminine genius and i think that's so important because it can be very easy to get discouraged and think well i my, i don't look like this catholic woman so i must be doing this wrong and, mm -hmm. and I think there certainly are going to be some, you know, baseline truths that we do need to, to consider, you know, um, that are, that are part of, um, how we were created. You know, we can't just say like everything's thrown out the door, but at the same time, it's definitely not the tight box that I think sometimes we want to put it into. So. Right. Definitely. Even just another small example that just popped into my mind is I just this year started putting my son in daycare two mornings a week. And I had like a heart attack about it. I was so stressed out about it. Yep. And I think that part of it came from that, you know, Catholicism so beautifully values motherhood. We love mothers and we think raising kids is so important. Um, but you can simultaneously think that raising kids and motherhood are so important. And at the same time, you can feel God calling you to use your skills in the workforce and need to have daycare two mornings a week. Like, it sounds so petty and like, duh, but it really did take me a while to be like, okay, I'm not a bad mom just because I need daycare two days a week. It's really not that big of a deal. Yeah. And the two mornings at that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I think I, I definitely know what you're talking about. And the way I always kind of explain it when, when women ask me this, because I definitely, when we first started having kids, I was like, you know, nobody else can ever take care of my children because then I'm right. a negligent parent, you know. Right. Um, but the way I always put it is you, you put first things first. Like you make sure that the most important things are your top priorities. But if there's, if you know, if, if there's room there for more, like that's okay, you know. Like it's not like, you know, like if your kids are thriving and they're healthy and they're doing well and your your marriage is thriving and, and obviously it's never perfect, Right. Um, but you know when it's like, okay, this is off. Like I am totally out of balance. I'm I'm neglecting the most important things for the sake of my wanting to des desire, or, you know, to go after other things, right? So so long as the order is is right and everybody's doing well, like, yeah. I mean, say Gianna, she was still a doctor after she had her kids and had 
parts of her private practice. Zaley, uh, Zaley Lewis, um, she was a lace maker. Therese's mom, who's also a saint, which is awesome. So like she produced a saint daughter and she still had some things that she was doing um, in, in the work world. So yeah, and I think that's just so important to discern as a, as a woman, like what am I called to right now? And understand that, that can shift and change. So it doesn't have to be so, um, again, in that tight, tight box that sometimes we put things into. Right, definitely. All right, Claire. So before we wrap this up, we need to give our listeners a how-to challenge. So do you have a challenge for us today? I do. I have a reading that is not too long. You can conquer it in a few nights if you split it up. I would love if everyone could check out um, what we were just talking about, St. JP2's letter on the dignity and vocation of women. It's just a beautiful summation on what the church thinks about women it's so eloquent and well-written, and it's honestly one of the first things that turned me on to Catholic feminism, so I just can't recommend it enough. Oh, that's an excellent challenge. I love it. That's the mulieris dignitatum. I like the Latin version. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, so you're looking for letter uh, letter to women. Uh, sorry, that's a different document. Letter on the dignity. Also, and that's also a great document. If you want a bonus, you can read the letter to women. <laughs> yeah, if you want to go, go home. Like, go big or go home. There's your chance right there. Read them both. Okay, great. I will make sure to have links in the show notes for that as well so people are sure that they have found the right one for their how-to challenge this week. Fantastic. Well, this has been so much fun, Claire. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit in your closet and chat with us. <laughs> no problem. You're on the Anytime. podcast. You have a great-looking closet wall. It's really clean. I'm impressed. Thanks. Well, we're trying to move, so we're showing our apartment a lot. <laughs> so that's why, <laughs> that's why it's that's so empty. Right <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, if you want to connect with Claire, you can find her on Instagram at The Catholic Feminist or on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Catholic Feminist Podcast. Please do check out her podcast. It is just a treasure trove of information for Catholic women on how do we live this Catholic female life well and stay in line with the church, but also not stress ourselves out to the point where we've got this tight box that we've defined ourselves into. So I really appreciate um, the work that you do. It's, it's such a gift to the church. So please keep it coming. Everybody go check it out. The Catholic feminist podcast, make sure to subscribe and get some good, good podcasting into your day. All right, Claire. Thank you. Well, thanks for being here with us on the show today. Um, if you have enjoyed the how to Catholic podcast, please make sure to tell a friend, share it, subscribe to it on iTunes, all those good things that helps us get the podcast out there to those who really use it and don't forget to please send in your questions to uh, hello at made to magnify.com for our q a next week please send in your questions we'd love to hear from you and if you want to connect with kevin and i we are on instagram and twitter i'm at lisa and potter and with no e and kevin is kevin r cotter hope to connect with you there thanks for listening in and be saints it's worth it